When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show final hour Thursday edition. Want you to help us beat NPR and the New York Times right now as you are listening to the two of us. We are the number four news show in the entire country. We are losing to NPR and the New York Times. Number four on podcast. Podcast. We are the biggest probably in all the world of radio. But what we can look at are these charts. I'd like for you to help send us a message and send a message out there. I'd like to just put the New York Times and NPR in our dust a little bit. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. You can go subscribe. Go give us five stars next week, maybe even tomorrow. We'll start to look at a lot of these five-star reviews. We'll read some of them to thank all of you for the support that you are showing to us. We love all the listeners at the 400-plus AM FM stations in all 50 states. Thank you for all listening out there. Thanks to all the affiliates. In fact, Buck, we came in extra early today and talked to affiliate stations all over the country for an hour and a half before we did the show today. So we love all the affiliates that are out there, and we appreciate all the work that you are doing for us, but we're just asking for a little bit more in the podcast universe. Go subscribe. Give us a five-star review and help us kick some dirt in the New York Times and NPR's face. We want to swim in NPR tears. Help <laughs> us create a river of NPR tears. Well said. I will do a cannonball into it. I will splash it all around. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. Uh, speaking of splashing it all around, <laughs> say, that's, gonna... that's quite a lead. We have got now, Buck, a massive, seismic, substantial change that is going on in college athletics today name image and likeness became officially legal all over the country and for people out there who might wonder what this is about for generations the ncaa has not allowed college athletes to make any money off of their name image or likeness means buck for example if you were an athlete and you wanted to sign an autograph 
you couldn't get paid for that autograph. The analogy I like to use, Johnny Manziel, who was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at Texas A&M, kids could show up in his classroom at Texas A&M, pass him a Sports Illustrated with him on the cover. If he signed it for them, they could take it straight to eBay and immediately sell it. If Johnny Manziel did that, he would be ineligible. I think a lot of people out there are like, wow, this is crazy. So now in a social media age, every athlete out there is now eligible and able to make as much money as they possibly can off of their name, image, and likeness. And you are going to have, in short order, a lot of different athletes become millionaires basically overnight. When this law changed starting today, and there are a lot of people out there asking all sorts of questions about what this might mean going forward. And we've been talking off the air, Buck, about a lot of this. You are a, fair to say, casual college sports fan. I think you're kind of fascinated by this, too, because it's such a difference over what historically has been the rule. Even as somebody who went to a, a D3 college where I, I could say, quite honestly, I could care less about what the football team at my school was doing because we had 1,600 students. So right. You can imagine it was not exact. We weren't, we weren't packing 80,000, 100,000 person stadiums. Uh, quite the opposite. We're trying to get people to go to the games. Um, I, but I've, I've always been fascinated by, you know, we're talking about the IRS before, how they can always get you. Yes. I do know from watching, for example, The Blind Side, right, yes. the movie, that if the NCAA decided they were going to get you on something, and, and it's just stuff as simple as you said, signing an autograph and getting paid for it, or I think accepting meals, right? Wasn't oh, yeah. there a food? Oh, yeah. If, someone took if, you, you, if, if you got a steak dinner, steak dinner as I was gonna you're say, done for. And, and that always just seemed bizarre and you had these players and so again i more professional sports in my general area and quite honestly i'm not really into watching that much in professional sports college i just sort of knew from paying attention to the news cycle college athletics i mean and i would see this stuff happen it never seemed to make sense he had coaches who were the highest paid in state after state right places like oklahoma nebraska making millions of dollars and yet the players if they do anything are treated they're treated like they're bad people by yes. the way. I mean like they've done something horrible for what exactly? That all changes now. Yeah, the NCAA basically has no reason to exist now, but because as you were just talking, one of their primary goals, in fact their primary goal in life was to investigate what they called improper benefits. And an improper benefit would be oh, you get a free steak dinner. Oh, you get a $100 handshake because a booster is excited about the way you played at a game and they walk up and they shake your hand and they pass a $100 bill to you. All of that could render you ineligible. And all the media, by the way, in sports would do investigations based on this. And I always argued on my Sports Talk radio show, this to me felt fundamentally anti-American to me because I believe in capitalism. Sell your labor for as much money as you possibly can. And most people who would believe in capitalism, would argue that not being able to sell your autograph, not really a very American foundation. And basically the purpose of the NCAA was to ensure if you were poor when you started school, that you were still poor when you finished school. And when you you went to college, and a lot of our listeners out there went to college or have experience around colleges, there's a wide variety of income levels in college. There's rich kids at college. There's poor kids in college. Having a rich parent is not an improper benefit, but having a ability to make money off of your talents while you're in college was completely prohibited. 
I think this is going to raise big questions about the whole premise of the scholar athlete that yes. is used by the NCAA at these schools. Look, let's let's call this what it is. The NCAA has created a system, and, and we're really, I'm not talking about fencing. You know, I knew some guys who went to Yale for fencing or went to Stanford for sailing right. or whatever. We're talking about the big sports, really just football and basketball, and some schools you could throw some other some other sports in the mix. But universities have been operating minor league sports franchises to the benefit of the professional leagues and also operating under the pretense that this is this is the scholar athlete paradigm of, oh, well, they're getting paid by being there to get an education. And and you look and there have been plenty. I, I've seen some of the investigations, you know, HBO Real Sports has done them and, and others, you know, stretching back a long time. I know, Clay, this is right in the center of your wheelhouse. There are pl- plenty of these players who graduate and to say that they got an education is obviously an absurdity, and they were actually just brought there to effectively be sports mercenaries. So the whole NCAA narrative here seems to be not only is, is it changing with regard to how these athletes will be able to make money, but also what place do these programs really have in the schools? And how do other students feel about the prospect now of not only will you know the the, the quarterback at a big at a Big Ten school or the SEC be the big man on campus, so to speak. He could be a millionaire when he's 19. And you can imagine all of the complexities this is going to create because, as you just hit on, every player doesn't have the same value. So what will the locker room dynamics look like when you've got an offensive line where most of those guys are anonymous and nobody really knows them, and suddenly they're blocking for a quarterback that's going to make over a million dollars a year in name, image, and likeness? Also... How will social media balance all this out? Because you mentioned, and I think it's significant, football and men's basketball are the only two revenue-producing sports. The most famous athletes on campus are football and men's basketball players. But also, there are a lot of women athletes who stand to make a ton of money because they have developed their own social media followings on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, wherever it might be. And how are those power dynamics going to alter the collegiate experience when, as you mentioned, you might have had in the past a Nick Saban making eight or nine million dollars a year to coach. And usually the guys that he's been coaching are hoping to make the pro ranks. What happens when you got a quarterback making a million dollars a year who signed these massive marketing deals and then he gets benched? And you've got a booster who comes in and says, wait a minute, the reason I paid this guy a million dollars was because he was going to be the starting quarterback. And also, What's going to happen with a, a shoe deal, for instance? Let's say Nike is the shoe provider of the college. Is Adidas going to swoop in and say, hey, we'll give money to the quarterback, and he's going to play in a different shoe? And what is all this money flooding in? Oh, by the way, are they going to have agents? Are they going to have lawyers? Who's going to? You're going to have 19-year-old, 18-year-old kids who are involved in these kinds of with, with major corporations in the sports world. You know, what's going to happen there? I mean, I guess they're going to have to get lawyers and agents and stuff. But but it's just going to show that the whole dynamic, this whole system has been full of it's a, a house lot, of cards, a lot of inconsistencies and a, a lot of make believe about what's really going on. what's really happening. And we all know people. I mean, you know, much more than I. You've been to a lot of college sports games and been covering college sports for a long time. People love their college sports. This is going to change the dynamic a lot. The money is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen in college athletics before. And with money, as Notorious B.I.G. told us, more money, more problems. Look, Buck, I'm genuinely fascinated to think about 
if a quarterback has a million dollars, let's say, and he's 19 years old, think about the kind of problems you can get into with a million dollars. It doesn't take very much money to be a rich kid in college. Yes. You got a hundred bucks in your pocket, you can have an amazing night. Yeah, I mean, being a millionaire quarterback your freshman year would probably be fun too. Oh, <laughs> there's some, imagine there's some the part problems. Imagine the parties that are going to get thrown. Imagine the uh, the people who are going to roll into these college towns with money to be had. I I just I think it is going to be a unbelievable spectacle. I've always argued that college football is the most uniquely American of all sports because of all its contradictions and hypocrisies, but it's also the most fun. I don't think that anybody has any clue what has begun today in terms of its long-range impact on the sport. Clay, let's also get into the anniversary here this hour of the Chinese Communist Party and some very interesting statements from uh, Premier Xi Jinping of China, plus we got those statues that Pelosi wants out of the Capitol. I know you got a lot of thoughts on that one. We'll be getting into it, and we'll try to take some calls at the back end of this hour. 800-282-2882. Clay, what do you got? I got to tell you, if we've learned anything since 2020, it's that there's nothing quite as important as a powerful immune system. Over 20 years ago, Dr. Dennis Black of Texas invented Texas Superfood. It is the original superfood. And it has 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables plus probiotic and digestive enzymes you can build your body's defense from the inside out. Your immune system's job, I learned this from Dr. Black, is to detect, deflect, and destroy bacteria you come in contact with. And Texas Superfood will boost your immune system better than anything on the market. Your grandma, by the way, she told you to eat your fruits and veggies But how many people actually listen to grandma's advice? They are, Texas Superfood, the safety net for the American diet for over 20 years. They've been helping thousands and thousands of people get and maintain their best health. If you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and vegetables every day, Texas Superfood was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash Clay or call 855 Texas. 55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash Clay. My name C L A Y or call 855 Texas 55. China's President Xi taking a hard line against foreign interference in a speech marking the Chinese Communist Party's 100th anniversary. He said China, quote, won't allow any foreign force to bully or oppress the country, adding anyone who dares try to do that will have their heads bashed bloody against the Great Wall of Steel. A Great Wall of Steel. It's a warning call from Chinese President Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping at the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. He's aiming at America. China won't be bullied and it won't be lectured. President Xi says that any foreign force would, quote, find themselves on a collision course with a Great Wall of Steel. The 100th anniversary of the party and basically saying number one goal get Taiwan to be back as a Chinese province. We cannot afford that to happen, and I hope that there's a response. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck Sexton, and i got to tell you, one of the lasting legacies of the Trump administration was the change in the national conversation around China and what's really going on with them on all fronts, trade, military and intelligence ambitions and just 
that the Chinese Communist Party is seeking to supplant the United States as the global hegemon. Today you have the 100-year anniversary celebration, and you, you heard some of the, the kind of rhetoric that is coming, not from just you know, Chinese state media, which is also often uh, very inflammatory and very aggressive. I mean, here is, this is through a translator, obviously. This is, this is the Chinese premier, Xi Jinping, specifically speaking about the U- United States and, and anybody out there who may try to bully the Chinese people. Play 14. At the same time, the Chinese people will never allow ourselves to be bullied, oppressed, or enslaved by any foreign powers. Anyone who dares to try will find their heads bashed bloody against a great wall of steel forged by over 1.4 billion Chinese people. Heads bashed bloody. Now, there's some background here about Xi Jinping that I always think people should know when you're talking about the premier of what is clearly the second most powerful country in the world. Uh, he was, in, in many ways, a victim of the cultural revolution, of Mao's cultural revolution. Um, uh, and he's somebody who still very much remembers what that was like. Uh, his half-sister was was persecuted to the point where she took her own life. This was during the Cultural Revolution period. And she, the, the guy that you just heard, the premier of China right now, 1.4 billion people, he had to flee, and he was among the exiles uh, who were youths who had to take to the countryside in the Mao era. He lived, Clay, for a while in a cave to try to avoid the Red Guards of the Chinese Communist Party and their purges and their violence in order to try to secure power, this is in living memory. These things were happening. I mean, the great, the great, uh, the great leap forward, and the Cultural Revolution, the uh, the Great Famine. I mean, great, of course. You're just talking about the scope and scale of these things. Millions and millions of people uh, killed in the famine. They estimate up to 20, 20 to forty million, depending on whose numbers you believe. And this is now the second most powerful country in the world, Clay. And they've got ambitions. Just imagine. When he says the heads bashed bloody of anyone that would stand up to China's cultural hegemony, imagine if Donald Trump had said, we will bash heads bloody on the Statue of Liberty. Because the Great Wall of China is the defining cultural signpost, I think, for most people, both in China and around the world, of their overall power. And I just, I think you're right, Buck, when you say that the lasting legacy of Trump is going to be, in many ways, his relationship with China and the fact that the Biden administration, on some level, has basically tried to continue everything that Trump did about China. So Trump came on with us Tuesday, Buck, and pointed out, hey, they're still keeping the tariffs. They are trying in some way to stand up to China. And to me, this speech is just further evidence as if we needed it at all that we are in a modern-day Cold War that is more significant than the one that we were allied against in the 1980s with the Soviet Union. We'll come back in just a few moments here with some wisdom from Rush himself on communism and the threat thereof. So we'll address that, especially on this 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. It's a time to remind everybody what's really going on. 
But, you know, why are you giving all these big tech companies your personal data? They are pulling it all together. They're selling it. They're surveilling you. And they don't stand for your values. In fact, they suppress them. They're using this against you. That's why you need ExpressVPN. You can protect your personal data from big tech with the virtual private network you have from ExpressVPN. When I use ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through their secure encrypted server so these big tech companies can't see my IP address. This means my internet actions become anonymized. Protect your internet activity with the VPN I use every day. Visit expressvpn.com slash clay and buck to get three extra months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash clay and buck to get three extra months free. Expressvpn.com slash clay and buck. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. You just heard Chairman Z saying that he would bash the heads bloody of anyone who would dare to stand up to China. By the way, bash their heads bloody on the Chinese wall. And this is a sign of the modern Cold War that we're in and one that Rush addressed very succinctly and smartly as it pertains to the impact of communism around the world. Listen, all my life, I have been asking myself why so many leftists are supportive of communism when everybody knows. I thought everybody knows communism kills. Communism denies liberty and freedom. Communism equals poverty. Communism equals political prisons. Communism builds walls to keep people in because everybody wants to leave. And in that context, I've always said, how come so many, most of them in the media and many in the Democrat, why do they wax 
so eloquently of communism. What was it about Gorbachev and Cuba and Che Guevara? My grandparents, when Nikita Khrushchev shows up at the UN and pounds his shoe and says, we will bury you, we will do whatever to your grandchildren, they had no choice but then to believe it. They took the threat seriously. So my political education, if you will, was focused on the evils of communism and the failures worldwide. And during this entire period, as I would grow older and become even more informed about it, more educated, I couldn't escape seeing your average news anchor here or news reporter or New York Times writer just speak and write fawningly of individual communists, leaders, practitioners, countries and so forth. It never made any sense. How, 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 knowing what I knew about communism, how in the world can these people not see the inherent evil? And in fact, as journalists, what is it that made them oblivious to the fact that if we ever did fall prey to communists, they'd be the first people put in jail. They'd be the first people shut up. There is no such thing as freedom of the press. It's state-run media here, state-run media there, which many would argue we already have here. Lighthearted way. One of the worst parts of the history of mainstream journalism in America, Clay, as you know, has to do with the long and, and storied uh, history of outlets in the West being communist sympathizers, having people like, uh, most notably, you know, Walter Durante uh, of the New York Times, who denied the the famine, the, the Holodomor in the USSR and in Ukraine, particularly the great famine that was occurring there. Just, you know, yeah, it's it's not not a big deal, not a big problem. We, we got an important utopia to create in the Soviet Union. You, you have journalists and, and um, the American look, the American left has a long standing fondness for and even a, a history of direct support for you can go back to read Whitaker Chambers Witness, which is a book I would recommend if anyone reading has not, you go and read that. It's about his transformation as an American who was supportive of and working for communists to somebody who became an anti-communist. But the left, Clay, they, they always have this, this long-standing fondness, and it persists to this day. Well, and I think there are a lot of people out there who don't remember what it's like to have a great enemy. Because think about it, Buck. If you have been born since 1985 or so, you have grown up in an America where there's no real threat, where you don't ever go to bed at night and think, I wonder might ha- what might happen if we go to war with the Soviet Union. What's it like to be engaging in a battle of wills for the future of the free world? And people who are around my age are the last people who grew up with that knowledge and that idea of what it meant for the Berlin Wall to come down, what it meant for Ronald Reagan to stand in West Berlin and say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And I feel like that has led to a willful blindness as has arisen over China. People have not been willing, Buck, to recognize that right now we are in a battle for the future of the world because it felt like we won and China's cultural ascendancy has been happening. The analogy I've been using is, Buck, they have been fomenting disunion in our country 
punching us all in the back of the head while we argue with each other. At least with Russia, we knew what was going on. Our media has been willfully blind to the rise of China and their attempt to take over the world. I'd say it's it's worse than that in some respects, too, when you when you get a sense of how widespread and how deep the penetration of Chinese influence, Chinese Communist Party influence is in the United States. This is when we're talking about China. This is an authoritarianism. It's really a totalitarianism. It's a police state. They operate concentration camps for uh, Uyghurs in uh, Xinjiang province in the West. They do not allow freedom of speech. They do not allow the open Internet to function within their borders. They engage in unprecedented theft of intellectual property and trade secrets, which are the lifeblood of a modern economy. Let's remember that our technological advantage in America is really from a a commerce perspective. It's we've just got technology and capitalism, and that's really why we're so rich in America and have done so well. Other people can do a lot of things in other places if they take one of those two away from us. And in China, you have effectively state directed forms of capitalism. So they've embraced some aspects of a market so you have some free market activity or at least market activity with totalitarian regime with a totalitarian regime sitting atop uh, the whole thing and or directing all of it in this country we have ultra celebrity multi-millionaires near billionaires with some of the professional athletes for example we could talk about lebron james comes to mind among others companies great american brands like disney and others who bend the knee to this country that we're talking about, China, that has still to this day, uh, if anything, actually clamped down even more on uh, freedom of speech in the Internet era. And there's no sense of changing this. I mean, we the the great belief in the West, and this was the, the, the problem in the thinking of the elites and the intelligentsia, such as they are on this issue, was... Will help starting the 1980s. Will help China become a, a wealthy country, and then it will become a free country that'll play nice with the rest of the world. False. That experiment failed. It took us maybe 30 or 40 years to figure it out, but they didn't become. They became wealthier, more powerful. Didn't become more free. No, they want to destroy us, and, and I think a lot of Americans don't understand that, and they want to humiliate us. You're talking about LeBron James. How about John Cena? The new movie that is out, F9, Fast and the Furious, if you haven't watched it, your kids or your grandkids probably have. They've made so many different ones. John Cena said Taiwan was a country. In order for F9 to play in China, John Cena, famous wrestler who has transitioned into actor, had to have one of those hostage videos. You know what I'm talking about, where he apologizes. In Mandarin. To all the Chinese people. For suggesting, for having the gall, the audacity, the temerity, the gumption to come out and say what we all know to be true, Buck, which is Taiwan is a country and it's independent from China. Now, if you see what's going on in Hong Kong, Apple Daily, there are a lot of people out there who can say, and I do think this is where our next global conflict is going to arise, do we have the stones to stand up to China if they suddenly decide they're going to invade Taiwan. And this is also where the Biden family and specifically Hunter Biden and and this is where it really starts to matter because they're just symbolic, I think. Well, more than that, they're at, at the and with Hunter Biden. I think you could argue they're at the center of it. But of the betrayal by the elites of America, the betrayal of the American people in order to have access to Chinese markets, and let's be honest, access to Chinese Communist Party cash in one form or another. 
This has been a long-standing story. It has been a sellout of folks who are just working, doing their jobs, paying their mortgages, sending their kids to school, and trying to enjoy this place we know of as America. They've been sold out by the elites of their own country to China more than any other country on Earth. And we're just now, I think, in that early-stage process of waking up to it and understanding what those long-term implications will be. I mean, just think of it this way, 1.4 billion people. This is what Xi Jinping is saying. Uh, this is a country that knows it is ascendant, and its politics, It's sure, it's authoritarian, but it's also unified. You're not going to have anybody standing up who represents China at the Olympics, I can assure you, and turning their back on the flag or saying China. And this is a country with actual concentration camps operating, You'll have no athletes over there talking about the lack of freedom or anything else, and we all know why. There's no doubt. And uh, and by the way, let's play that. 11, there would never be anybody, as we get ready for the Olympics, there would never be a hammer thrower like Gwen Berry, who, by the way, you saw this, Buck, had a picture of herself bathed in the American flag just a few years ago. Now... She was the one who was so angry about the national anthem being racist. Listen to this. She would never be allowed to say this about China. History. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and and piltered all over the floor. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. It's obvious. Uh, Not surprisingly, she got the history wrong. In fact, if you talk to most historians who have analyzed uh, Francis Scott Key's uh, majestic poem there, he was talking about British impressment of American soldiers, not slavery in the United States. But it's not a surprise that she would fall victim to the predominant view that is spread throughout social media and happens to be wrong. I want to talk to you right now about the tragedy of 9-11. We are almost 20 years to the day since 9-11 and the tunnel to towers foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism to mark 20 years tunnel to towers is gifting america's heroes and their families with 200 mortgage-free homes to honor the fallen chairman and ceo frank siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days from the pentagon to shanksville pennsylvania culminating at ground zero on 9-11 Towers of Light return to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance for the first time. Those we lost to 9-11 related illness are being honored at a ceremony September 12th. On Veterans Day, another first, the soldiers we lost in the war on terror having their names read aloud. The words never forget require action, do good, and take action now. For just $11 a month at T2T.org, that's T, the number two, T.org. Make your donation today. All right, we're in the final stretch of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, which I think we're just going to start colloquially calling the Clay and Buck show, too. But we want you to know our, our full names, I suppose. Make sure you don't confuse us with other Clays and other Bucks out there. Um, but I, I've got to tell you, uh, we, we want to take some calls today, and I... Clay and I got so fired up about so many topics that we haven't gotten yet to the statue removal thing. And they, Clay wants to nerd out on some history with it. And so we will do I. that Friday. Yeah, that we, we will get to it tomorrow. And also, of course, in keeping with some tradition here on the 
Mighty EIB. We'll have pretty much an, an open line Friday. I think we're going to keep that going because we want to hear from all of you. With that in mind, we did want to take some calls today. And for those listening, please make sure if you have not already subscribed to the Clay and Buck podcasts go wherever you listen to podcasts the iheart app is a great place to uh, start you can also listen on apple Podcasts or wherever you get them we, we gotta beat those commies at npr all right alex from wormleysburg pennsylvania you're on the clay travis and buck sexton show so honored sir hey uh you were on there with uh gutfeld great show Oh, yeah, back in the day, Greg Gottfeld of Fox News was the first person to ever put me on cable news. And, Alex, it was 10 years ago. Boom, and I just did his show recently. He's, he's by the way, beating a lot of the late-night comedy shows. He and just I does a better show. Comedy in quotation mark because yeah. so many of them have just become politics by any other name. But that's a great show on Fox News, uh, and he does a fantastic uh, job. Red, Red Eye was a, I was a regular on the Red Eye show on Fox, which was a great time. And, and a lot of people got their start there, and some big, there were some big stars that actually began on Red Eye that later on it really sort of hit it big in comedy and other things. So Alex, what else you got on your mind? Well, I just want to, uh, before I get into that, I just want to thank you guys. I like this tag team new thing. I think Rush would have liked it. It's new evolution. That There's two of you there. Uh, doing your thing together, uh, it is an evolution, and uh, it's great. You guys are both good, but my suggestion to you is I got a name for your show. It's the Clay Buck Show. The Clay, Clay Buck, Buck Show. Yeah, Clay, Clay Buck. Buck show. Oh. That's it. They, all right. You need to add all the other stuff, just Clay Buck. I think that's cool. That That just nails it. All right, Alex. Well, appreciate some of the some of the branding advice on that, my friend. And thank you so much for listening and appreciating what we're doing so far because we really are uh, we're putting everything we got into every show. That's the only way we do it, and that's the way we're going to keep doing it. Let's go to Steve in San Juan Capistrano, California, which is just fun to say. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you very much for having me about the NC two A with the Supreme Court and the payment to the athletes. Um, if you take the top 125 schools, uh, which are known as the Big Five Conference, those on um, average, those athletes are making 100000 plus a year in total compensation. Now, some a little less, some a little bit more. Um, but if you want to keep it equitable, um, you need not to pay the athletes because the big money is going to go once again to the big top 30, 25, 30 teams like the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Notre Dames, the USC's, and the small schools, you could have a, um, Mike Trout playing at Wyoming. They're not. Nobody's going to buy that jersey. Nobody wants to wear a Wyoming jersey. People are going to want to wear an Alabama or a USC jersey, so to speak. And then you're going to have a huge inequity on top of that with men getting 10 to 50 times more than a woman athlete from the it's 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 and a really fascinating question sorry sorry steve it's a fascinating question you're asking and the reality is we are just starting a new experiment and a new paradigm in terms of compensation because as you're raising steve and for people out there who are just becoming aware of this college athletes are now capable of being paid for their name image and likeness how is this going to impact with title nine requiring equal scholarships how is this money, which is going to go overwhelmingly, I believe, to football players and men's basketball players, which are the only two sports that produce profit, going to impact 
the legality of all of this, right? All scholarship athletes have to be treated the same under Title IX right now. How will name, image, and likeness factor in there? I believe we're going to have five to ten years of lawsuits before we know what the final policy is going to end up looking like, Buck Sexton. And I believe that everybody listening to us now should certainly check us out on social media. If you're not already, it's a great way to stay in touch with us. Clay is putting out sports, hot takes, and politics stuff. Me too. I'll even tell you about probably what restaurant I wandered to tonight in Nashville. If you want that inside baseball, behind-the-scenes stuff, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Buck Sexton and Clay Travis. Follow us as individuals. And the show handle is at Clay and Buck. So Clay at ClayandBuck.com. What do we got there, Clay? I want to beat the New York Times and I want to beat NPR. We're just behind them. Go subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars and let's kick their asses rolling into July 4th weekend. Back with you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks so much for being here with us. Always great fun. The Clay and Buck Show over and out until tomorrow. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.